Hey y'all, this is Malamalan and we're gonna just talk about it's time for you to choose. Okay, why it's so important for you to choose now whom you shall serve. It's gonna be this world or is it our risen savior? Okay. Um <laughs> this is not a normal day that I normally um said that twice. This is not a day that I normally um, put up podcasts. Um, however, I'm sitting here, I was in enjoying my lunch, and I felt the urgency to put this out. So here we are. Um, I have prayed on this, and this is where I'm led. We do not know how long we have here on this earth. And looking at all of the things that are coming to pass truly is prophecy being fulfilled from the Bible, our love letters. If you haven't chosen Christ, look at the world around you. And the world is the way it is because of sin. That's where all chaos originates from, is sin. Sin is created by man. Yeshua did not create sin, but he gave us free will. And in our free will, we can choose to be sinful or we can choose the opposite which is to be obedient to the word of God. When people choose their sin nature, things like you see happen, okay? So, the Euphrates River is drying up. The Euphrates River is definitely in the Bible. It's a prophecy from Jeremiah. Um, because you know the book of Jeremiah is about prophecy and judgment um, and he was warning Judah about their destruction and just basically trying to remind them of their sin and convince them um, to submit to the Babylonian invaders so the Euphrates River is drying up and I'm just going to give you some information. I'm getting this off of Israel365news.com. Okay, for anybody who wants to look at it. So basically, the Euphrates River, um, it does flow through Syria and Iraq. Um, it does originate in Turkey. And they said this year rainfall in southern Turkey, where the Euphrates begins, was the lowest in 30 years. And for the past two years, the region has received only 50 to 70% of normal rainfall. Syria is currently facing its worst drought in 70 years. It's worse drought in 70 years, you guys. So, okay. Besides 
that there are other prophecies that are coming into place. So one of the ones that we have spoken before on this uh, channel um, is about the one world religion, the one world government, and the one world economy that they're trying to bring in. So think of it this way, just clear your mind of everything, just clear it, right? And just try to picture um, the way things used to be about three years ago to what it is now. And it's just gone so, um, it's just gotten so bad. So basically, if they can get everybody in the one word religion, which already off top Christians, that takes us out because we are set apart. We do not worship the same God. We are Christians who follow Yeshua, not Catholics, right? Because if we were Catholics, then we wouldn't be Christians or if Catholics were Christians, then they wouldn't be Catholics, right? That's just like common sense. It's just no way. Or if we were Muslim, right? Then it would be Allah. It wouldn't be Yeshua. Like truly, just think about that for a second. There's just no way that we could have a one world religion. Over in Abu Dhabi, they're in the um, process of getting a um, three three mosques together, right? One for Christians, one for Muslims, and the other one for, is for Catholics. That's not going to work. It's just, it's not going to work. Um, but that's part of the one world religion thing that we've been talking about on this channel for quite a while now. Uh, the one world government where they're trying to give all power over to the UN, which is the United Nations. <laughs> and that's not uh, anything we want. And economy where they will not have the US be the superpower um, as it is today, like as we know it today and as we've known it for, I don't know, probably for most of us all of our lives, right? So, right now, as I know it, the US dollar is still the number one, like the top dollar um, that's preferred, right? But it's not going to be that way for too much longer. And so when I tell you about the one word religion, one word government, one word economy, basically they're just trying to get everybody on the same page with, with basically being under control. Okay. Um, and these, you can read this, of course, in our Bible, it's Revelation 13 verses 11 through 18. And actually, let me just go to Revelation right now. So Revelation 13, 11 through 18. And it talks about the beast from the earth. And it says, And I behold another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and caused the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. 
That's the Antichrist. And he do great wonders so that he make a fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he de and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound um, by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So if you don't worship this false god, they're going to kill you. And he calls of all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man may might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that have understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six, which is six six six. So they are already trying to do that. They are already trying to do that. If you think about it like this, think also how what they're doing about the when I talk about when they talk about this economy, right? They want you like everything is dirty. Like we already know that it's dirty, and people have nasty habits. We understand that. But honestly, when you were growing up, for the most part, do you ever remember having to do this much? Did you ever see your doctor this much as you see him now? Think about it. No. That regular checkups, and that was it. All of a sudden, right, if this coming to fruition, it's because this is our, this is the end times, and in order for the Antichrist to reign, Christians have to be out of here. Because Christians embody the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power stopping the Antichrist. Not you, Christian girl, not you, Christian boy, but the Holy Spirit that indwells in you is what's stopping the Antichrist from reigning and from taking over and from starting the Great T Tribulation with the capital T. That's why it's not to its fruition as of yet. But we can clearly see that it is on its way, right? And that's why it's so urgent for us as believers to share the gospel with those who don't know Christ because he is coming soon. And if you know and you believe it in your heart that he is our savior and you know then that you, you end up in one of two spots, it's heaven or hell. And if you know that if they die in their sins without accepting Christ, you know where they're going. So why would we then not have the urgency to at least give them the good news? We can't make anybody choose or not choose, but we do have the ability to inform them of our Father, and let them make an informed decision. Pray for them that 
they will choose them. So they go on and back to the whole dirty money thing. They want everything traceable. That's why they started putting chips in our cards and chips in the credit cards. Who remembers when your debit card or your credit card didn't have a chip? Who remembers when it was okay to handle money? I still do. Like actual whole green, green money. Like non-traceable money you might be able to see i took out x amount of dollars from my bank account but you don't know where i spent it but with the card especially with that chip they put in there they tracing everything they want to track you on everything when i tell you the lord has been revealing so much to me and then sometimes it's just, I don't speak on it. It's because I'm not sure if I'm to say it. But everybody was, was Father, was you just giving that to me? This particular instance that we're talking about now is there's going to be a seven year peace agreement, right? That's the second thing. How do you know that prophecy is being fulfilled? For a while now, we've been hearing them talking about um, this thing over where it's actually spoken about in Daniel. Go to Daniel 9.27 with me. Let me get there first. I'm going to tell you what it says. So Daniel 9, <clears throat> verse 27. Daniel 9, 27 says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That's seven uh, years. It's like a day. This prophecy is, um, how's it go? A day for a year prophecy. Okay. So when it says one week, it's one day, one year. Second day, two years. And so forth unto seven years. So this is seven years. And it says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, which is three and a half years, right? He shall cause the sacrifice to and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate so he's gonna and it's the antichrist he's going to make a covenant with many for seven years basically a peace treaty right and in the middle of that which is three and a half years He's going to cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, to stop. It won't continue. Right in the middle, he's going to break the covenant. So he's going to start a covenant. It's going to go for seven years. At least the agreement is for seven years. However, it's going to come to a stop in the middle of that time. And we already see that coming. We already see it coming. You remember um, a few months ago when they had, what was it, the UN? 
Mm, I believe it was even one in Washington. Well, yeah, in the front they had the statue, and it was um, a beast on there, and that beast was uh, very similar to what we saw the beast described in our Bible. Right? I actually did a podcast about that, and if I can remember where that was, I will put it in the description. Okay. Number three, um, it's going to be intoxicating um, to divide Jerusalem, right? They're literally already talking about that. Jerusalem is really not that big. It's really not, but they want it, okay? They want it. So looking with me in Zechariah 12, Zechariah 12 and it's verses 1 through 3 and it literally for and I'm reading out of the blue letter Bible um, I didn't even know I'm in KJV, that's reason. So New King James Version <laughs> um, in the Blue Letter Bible, Zechariah 12, verses 1 through 3. It speaks about Jerusalem being attacked. Okay. Well, to be attacked. The burden of the word of Yahweh for Israel, saith the uh, Lord, that stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about. When they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day, I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut into pieces. Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. It's right there. There's going to, everybody around the world is going to be talking about peace and security. Right? And this kind of goes piggyback on what I was just saying about that statue they had in front of the UN. Um, It was a gift. Forgot who gave us the gift. Um, It's not really a gift, it's a curse. And um, it was peace and security, right? At least that's what they said. So in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 3. Let's go there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3. And this is under the day of the Lord. It says, For when they shall say, Peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. <sighs> you guys, everything is literally coming to fruition. The increase of lawlessness. We already see that. The stuff they talking about, like literally... <sighs> Roe v. Wade, and you're upset about that? Was It was overturned, but you're upset about that. First of all, it was never a law. It's not written in the law. It's actually written in the law that you have um, 
life and prosperity. And when they said that in the Constitution, they it was talking about all life, even the unborn, right? Life to pursuit and happiness. They were literally also talking about the unborn. If there is an etopic pregnancy, it's not considered an abortion for the simple fact that the mother could die, right? Um, because the, she will not be able to carry the um, baby to term. So at that point, it becomes a life-saving medical necessity. And I understand that um, rape, um, domestic violence, <sighs> um, incest, incest, sorry, incest, and all of the above, unwanted, I understand that is not pleasant. But when the Bible spoke about the child being innocent, it wasn't only some children that were innocent. It was all children are innocent. And it was never spoken of only some get to live. No, they all get to live. And the Bible, it never spoke about um, you being able to have one if this is the situation. So, again, going back to etopic pregnancy, someone is going to pass away. So it becomes a necessity. The mother will not be able to carry the child all the way um, full term. So it's necessary. Everything else, God has a plan. God has, and God has a plan even with that atopic pregnancy, honestly. I would say everything falls under his plan, but it doesn't count as an abortion is what I'm basically trying to say. You have to understand that if you are doing the act willingly, that is a possible scenario that could occur. So, follow through. And my heart goes out to you if it was forced upon you. But please understand that our Lord above, he sees all and he knows all and he has purpose for everything that happens so another prophecy that's actually happening now are crazy amount of earthquakes that are increasing in frequency and intensity, right? 
That's in Matthew 24. Verses 7 through 8. So let's go to Matthew 24. I love Matthew 24. Matthew 24 verses 7 through 8 literally says, For the nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Pestilences are diseases, and we already touched on that. Earthquakes is another sign, beginning of the sorrows. These are all prophecies that are literally coming into fruition. There's also going to be an invasion of Israel, and it's going to be led by Russia, Iran, and Turkey. Don't tell me you don't see it. So in Ezekiel 38, verses 1 through 6. So, Ezekiel 38. So this is the prophecy of God and the future invasion of Israel. God is Russian. Okay. What did I tell you? Ezekiel 38 verses 1 through 6. It says, And the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, and the land of Magog, and the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus saith Yahweh God, Behold, I am against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring forth thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togomar, and the north quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited in the latter years. Thou shalt come into the land that is bought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel which have been always waste, but it is bought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely, all of them. It's coming. So in Isaiah 17, 1, that's another one. Another prophecy that will be fulfilled is the prophecy about Damascus 
the burden of Damascus, behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap. Again, that's Isaiah 17, 1. It's not much left right now of Damascus. And it just happens to be the oldest existing city in the world. And then, of course, you can't forget those people who like to mock. Honestly, those are the ones who need... Everyone needs to hear about Christ. Everyone needs to hear the gospel. But they need it. They truly need it. I feel like when people mock, they know the truth. They just didn't choose Christ, right? for whatever reason and they try to make the Christian life harder than what it actually needs to be but yeah let's not forget about the mockers so go with me to 2 Peter 3 verse 3 so again it's 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 3 and it starts out the coming day of the Lord <laughs> the coming day of the Lord knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation for this they will not willingly be ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world was, the world that was, then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of one of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. <laughs> the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and all the and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? All right. 
So these are just some prophecies I wanted to go over with you all. No, no, no. We are not in the great tea tribulation, right? Because look with me in Revelation. Let's go with 2.10 first. Revelation 2.10 says, Fear none of those things that shall suffer, that thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And then ye shall have tribulation ten days. Short period. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. In Revelation 3.10, it literally says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the whole, <laughs> which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. I almost added a word. Basically, what he's saying is in Revelation 3.10, because you have been faithful, because you have been steadfast, because you have obeyed my word, kept me first, I'm going to keep you from the hour of temptation, which is tribulation. It will come upon all the world, all the world. Not East side, not the West side, not the U.S. and not Europe. No, like Europe, the United States, Africa, everybody, 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 everybody. He says the world. He doesn't say part of the world. He doesn't say a percentage of the world. He doesn't even give you a fraction of the world. He says all the world. To try them to dwell upon the earth, period. So look, world, earth everybody right so that means we won't be here during the great t tribulation when i speak of small t tribulations i'm speaking of things in our personal lives things that you know we just go through as individuals or whatever um as we go throughout this world when different pestilences came about right those are small compared to the great t tribulation and I'm also been getting the urgency to kind of go back and recap uh, Revelation. Been finishing a series of Keep Trusting, right? We just did part six on Saturday. So I'm going to pray more about it. And I can't tell you what's going to pop up this Saturday. I'm putting this out tonight. Um, this is August 8th, 2022. This is not meant to scare anyone. This is to let you know these are the last days that our Father has spoken about. It is in our love letters, the Holy Bible. Our Father is so patient. He is a just God, though. He is a just God, meaning he sees everything that is happening. And we all have a day of judgment. If you follow him and you pass before the rapture takes place, your day of judgment won't be like the day of judgment for those who didn't choose him. 
when the rapture happens, if you're still alive and the rapture happens, it will not be like the day of judgment for those who didn't choose him. But if you don't choose him, if you keep thinking that you're right and God is wrong, if you keep choosing your will over his, if you continue to be professing that you're you're wise, but yet you're foolish, your day of judgment will not be good for you. So I've also spoken about this in previous, um, when we actually was going through the study of Revelation. I don't know how else to put this. I am definitely not trying to sugarcoat it. I am not sorry if it offends anyone because it's truly what the Bible says. What the Bible says. I'm giving it to you as blunt as possible because that's just me. Okay. And if someone knew about a building that was burning and I was running into this burning building, I would want them to do whatever they had to do to stop me. Save me from me. Because we all know as humans that we need saving. We may be, oh, I know how to do this. I can handle this. I can, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. But this thing called life is not something you can do without Christ. And if you know that someone is doing something that potentially harm, that will harm them, there's no potential about it. If you know someone is doing something, you know it's going to hurt them in the end. Like you know, you know, right? Are you going to be gentle about it? I mean, you might be in the beginning, but the closer they keep getting to the edge, I say this from a loving place. We choose where we go. Our Father gave us free will. We can choose to live with Him in paradise where it's beautiful and rain. Or we are choosing a life without him. Neither with him or without him. There is no gray area. There is no right in the fence. There is no in between. There is no middle. And if you choose the life without him. Like like Christ is life. Christ is love. He is merciful. And he is forgiving. And he is patient. He is peace. That's what you get when you choose him. So without him, it's the opposite. And again, he didn't make robots. So he gave you free will. He didn't make you not choose him any more than he made you choose him. He gave you the option to choose or not to choose him.
oh, Lord, I'm fighting the tears. I just don't know how else to say it. He literally died on the cross to save you, to save me. Go with me to John 14, 6. Yeshua saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to unto the Father but by me. To know our Father and his love and his mercy and his grace is to know his son Yeshua. And once you accept what Yeshua did on the cross, you repent of your sins. And you ask him to lead you to be your savior. <laughs> he will. And then his spirit, the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKadosh He lives within you Your body becomes the temple Of his spirit And he will guide you into all truth You will have discernment To know when someone is trying to snake you Right? You have this peace that only He provides. So think of it this way you can choose to live with Him, or you can choose to live without Him. And I'm telling you that with Christ is way better than without Christ. Read the book of Revelation. We're going to go into a deeper study about this soon. God willing. Share this message. Go over the scriptures. Ask God to make known to you the things that you are not sure about. Ask him to reveal to you the truth. And he will. Go with me to First John. I believe it's in four. It's testing the spirits. First John four verse one says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God, 
because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So all of these pastors telling you that you got a tie for God to do this, that, and the third. When you read your Bibles, Yeshua never said any of that. They're false prophets. Please test my spirit with the Father. Go to him in prayer and ask him, is she yours? I truly have a heart for people. And I have learned to be obedient to my father. Sometimes it's easier than others, but I'm gonna do it. If that means that I got zero friends, zero family members, zero whatever, no job, whatever, at all costs, he's first in my life, period. He's first. And if he's all I got is more than I could ever ask for. I could live without having friends. I could live without having family. I could live without a job. I have literally been homeless. I have literally been a victim of domestic violence for years. And this is by someone who said he loved me. I have been in other relationships where they say they loved me and have mistreated me. I've had friends who said they were friends and they were not. I've been broke, like broke, broke. Like trying to get bus fare together to get my kids to school broke. When I tell you that at my lowest, my savior, was always there, always, always there. <sighs> so I'm telling you from experience, I would rather have Christ and nothing else and everything else that he adds into my life. Is truly a blessing. All blessings, all good things come from our Father. When we walk in His will, we are protected. When we walk outside of His will is when we will fall victim to the world and their antics. So don't cry out to God when your back is only up against the wall. Cry out to God when you wake up. 
you woke up in your bed, not a hospital bed, not in a coffin. You can walk around without assistance. Like we miss those blessings as if it's just supposed to be that way. And in reality, it's because he loves us and he continues to bless us and he continues to give us time to get it right. He continues to give us time to come closer to him to learn his ways and the more you know who our God is you will love what he loves and you will hate what he hates you will read his word daily you will meditate on his word daily you will talk to him out the regular not out the blue out the regular It'd be a, a, a conversation that is always ongoing. You will surround yourself with other like-minded people to continue to strengthen you. Your content that you watch, that you listen to, will be godly content. You will begin to praise and worship him. And it don't matter who looking, who calling you crazy, <laughs> or whatever. Because nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. The outward appearance is what men looks at. The inward appearance is what our father sees. And that's what he cares about. Your heart condition. Is your heart right with Christ? Not what you look like on the outside. But where's your heart? Do you have a heart for him? And if you have a heart for him, spread the gospel. We cannot save anybody, but we can definitely sow seeds. And sow good seeds. Share your testimony. Because we do not know that the hour that our Savior will return. I love you guys. I truly, truly do. <laughs> this is a bit longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, stay tuned. Whenever the Father puts something on my heart, I got to get it out. But if you're someone who doesn't know Christ, I'm gonna tell you, you could get to know today, like right now, right now. So we're in Romans chapter 10, verse nine. And it says, well, it starts. 
that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that is you, let's pray. You would just repeat after me in your words, <laughs> but repeat after me if you want to know Christ, if you want to accept Christ into your life. Father God, I have sinned. I repent of all my sins all the ones that I knowingly have done against you and all of the ones I unknowingly have done. The way I've lived is without you and I no longer want to continue to live my life without you, Father. I ask you into my heart and to speak to me and to lead me and to guide me into all truth. I thank you for being patient and for being a loving father. I've confessed my sins and I am now repenting from all of my sins. I do not want to go back and live in a sinful way. Father, I thank you and I believe, I believe on what Yeshua did on the cross for me. And what he did covers all sin. My past sin, present sin, and future sin. I thank you, Father God. In your mighty name. Amen. If you have said that prayer from your heart, you're saved. You have salvation. Jesus. Please. To get to know him, <laughs> it's going to be a journey. It's going to be a great one. Some things will be, I just don't know, right? And it's okay. Because we serve a father that does know. So, every day, try to wake up and give thanks. Throughout the day, 
spark up a conversation with our father. He's listening. Trust me when I tell you that he's listening. And before you end your night, say your prayers. Pray for those less fortunate. Pray for those that are lost. And of course, pray for friends and family and just thank him. Don't forget to thank him in everything. Don't forget to thank him in everything because he is in everything. So with that being said, I am ending this today for now. Like I said, I don't know when my father will have me come back um, and say anything other to you, other than this to you, other than my, the normal podcast that we do. And again, it's God willing, because every day I'm looking for my Lord and Savior to come get me out of this place. So... Read the book of Revelation to know about more on what's to come. You can't miss it. It's truly the last book of our love letters. John saw the vision, but it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Like it's truly the revelation of Jesus Christ. So look at Revelation with me really quick. <laughs> Revelation 1-1. It literally starts out. The title is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. And then the verse literally says The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Can't get no plainer. Right? So... For anyone new, if you said that prayer, for anyone new who has already accepted Christ and just felt like the Bible is just like, you don't even really know where to go, right? Always pray, but I like to um, say the book of John is a really good book to start. It's the fourth gospel in the New Testament. And John gives the account of Jesus as God because he is. Once you know that and you get that embedded, then go ahead and read Old Testament. And the New Testament confirms the Old Testament. There are no contradictions in the Bible. His word does not return void. And the Bible is the living word of God. The final authoritative living word of God. Take notes. If it's something you don't know, write it down. It's okay. Pray about those things. 
Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you. And he will. In due time, he will. The closer you draw to him, the closer he's going to draw into you. He's going to feed into you. He's going to reveal things to you. You're going to learn new things. The more you're willing to allow him in, the more he's going to pour into you and show you, speak to you, guide you. And you shouldn't expect anything less because he is a loving father. Very, very, very loving and patient. So I am about to get out of here. I'm going to go. Um, I love you guys. That time is short. Show his light within you. And remember, be grateful. Be grateful for everything that you have. Because it can truly, truly, truly be your last day. Last month. We don't know. We don't know. This literally could be my last day. I have no idea when that day is. But I am looking forward for my father to come. Because this world... This world cray cray. Um, okay. I'm starting to ramble. I love you guys. Go in peace. Remember, the Father is always with you. I don't care what it looks like. He's always with you. He got you. Right? Shalom. <laughs>